Welcome to the Confident and Courageous Clarity Podcast with me, Jatia Jones. Join us weekly for everything clarity. The truth is, once you have clarity, you'll have the confidence and courage to succeed in life and business. If you're new to the podcast, you should know my goal is to help you gain the clarity needed to transform your visions, goals, or dreams into reality. For my OG listeners, you all know that the podcast was birthed from the evolution of Mocha Monday's tip of the week. So when we moved to the podcast, I couldn't just leave you without your mocha. Therefore, at the beginning of each episode, I give you your drop of mocha and you are to implement it throughout the week to help inch you closer and closer to clarity. This week's drop of mocha is, today, I want you to think about all that you are instead of all that you are not. Being a multi-passionate person means that you are equipped to do a million and five things. You have experience in a million and five things. And although it doesn't make sense to anyone else but you, you are equipped with so much. So on today, for the rest of this week, for the rest of this year, for the rest of your life, I want you to focus on all that you are instead of all that people say you are not. So when they say you're not focused, don't worry about it. Because you know what? You are You are experienced in A, B, C, maybe even D, E, F, and G, and they're not. So again, focus on everything that you are instead of everything that you're not. This week's guest is Denise Taylor. She has 25 plus years of proven business and leadership success, more than 25 years of relationship success, and 50 plus years of life success. Denise's combined experience positioned her to help women develop success strategies for every area of their life. When asked, Denise will quickly affirm she lives a blessed life, but don't get it twisted. Her life has not been perfect or easy. She overcame many traumas, losses, and disappointments, but she's persevered. Her success is rooted in her faith in God, along with her never give up passion and make it happen attitude. So let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, ma'am. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm so excited to have you on today. I know today is going to be so good and they're going to get so much out of it. Um, So I'm super excited, but they've already gotten your bio. Um, But if you'll just tell them who you are, what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Denise Taylor and I wear so many different hats, but I wear them all with appreciation because I'm just so grateful that God has given me so much that, you know, he's given me a desire to accomplish so much and to serve so many. So if I had to just like give myself an overarching title, I would say I'm a success strategist. I get buzzed by success, by results, about making impact. And so if I had to give a title, I would say that. But within that, there's four key things I do. I write, I build, I mentor and I speak. And within each of those, it manifests itself so differently. And so um, at the heart, I just really believe that we're here to serve and impact the others. You know, a few years ago, I was on a journey where I discovered that it was more than success that I personally wanted to achieve. I wanted to achieve significance. And that is where it began to ignite into how could I impact 
influence, build, and help others. And so I try to make sure that everything I'm doing, that always points back to that goal, right, of how to impact and influence others. And so at the heart of it, that's who I am. And that's how I would describe myself. I absolutely love it. So you said a few things. So a lot of my target population are multi-passionates. I tend to call us visionaries, right? And so we do wear so many hats and there's so many downloads or ideas that we have that we want to implement because um, for me personally, I'm always saying this is what God told me to do, right? And I, and I know this is what he told me to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's the easy part for me. It's like, once he tell me what to do, I just, you know, take my marching orders and go. But sometimes really not having the vision of how to do it step by step. And so I love that you said the significant part, because for a lot of multi-passionates, it's just a lot of doing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that you own wearing all of your multiple hats. You've been able to identify that one common thing that you do amongst all of your multiple hats um, and really have impact, not just for yourself, but for others. So I absolutely love that. Excuse me. And so um, with one of those things, I really, really, really want to jump right on into you have a book coming out. I do. And I'm so excited about it. You know, my books are a compilation of just all of my thoughts within a specific targeted area. So this is my second book. It's called Embrace Your Power. It's something that I say all the time, embrace your power and go. Um, The foundation of that comes from the scripture that tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear but that he has given us power. And I believe that with that power, when we truly embrace it, we can be, do, have, and achieve anything that we want. And the definition of what we want, is really up to us. And it's usually God-inspired. So it's not just random, right? God inspires you with something and he has given you power to do that thing. But to your point where you were just talking activating that, embracing that, and then getting started and getting moving to do it is usually where we stall out, right? And so one of the things that I know I've been called to do, again, being multi-passionate, I love that term. One of the things I've been called to do is to help people get out of the starting blocks, right? Because that's usually where they get stuck, They can clearly hear from God. They can oftentimes see their goal, but they're just not sure how to get moving, right? How to get going. And so the context behind Embrace Your Power and Go is really about how to get past that slowdown, get past that delay, get past the stall out that usually happens right at the beginning when you're trying to swim through everything it is that you know about yourself, about your past, about what you're being challenged to do, when you're feeling the overwhelm, it's all of those things crashing in at once and how do you navigate through that? And so fear sets in, but God didn't give us that, he gave us power. That's so good. 
that's so good. So my brain does do, 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 do. And I have so many thoughts happening at one time. The, the first thing that really stands out for me is foremost multi-passionates, they feel defeated before they even start. Because a lot of times people look at them as a flake, you know, you, you're uncommitted, you can't stick to one thing, you're all over the place, you're lost, you're confused, because not many understand or not many can see the vision and the multiple things that they do, how they feel and or see the pieces of the puzzle connecting to make this, this beautiful portrait at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. And so they have these great ideas. And I always say, you, you can't just dream, you have to do. Mm -hmm. And they don't get to the doing part or they'll start and then they get in their own way. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I say this because that this was my life, right? <laughs> For so many, you know, and a lot of it was also knee-jerk reactions of denying yourself that this is a great idea, denying yourself that you are the one worthy to do this grand idea, and then trying to force yourself to be normal and go do something quote-unquote normal, right? Um, and so I love that you say embrace and do. It's the implementation part, right? Um, that a lot of them stall out and fizzle out before they even get started. So that was one thing that really, really stood out to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I don't know which way to go. I don't know if I want to start. I, the quotes that I've highlighted because I've gone through and pulled some stuff out or um, no, that's not where I want to go. Okay, I'm too, I'm so excited about today. So what I really want to talk about too is the believing part. So the, the ABC is the clarity. Accept, believe, connect the dots and connect with people. Um, and so I really felt that after going through your book, you touched on so many of those different areas, but the one thing was the believing, right? And believing that you're worthy, believing that you can do it, believing that, believing in yourself, because a lot of people don't believe in you after you've skipped around and done this and done this and done this. They're like, okay, whatever. Eventually, maybe that baby will get her life together, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so this part of the book, well, the beginning part of the book takes us back to your childhood. Mm -hmm. So how was it for you in that, that, that area of belief? Like, did you always believe in yourself? Was it sometimes that roller coaster of, you know, so, so tell us more about that. I can definitely take you there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the introduction of the book really is crystallizing what I would say is a defining moment for me. So when you say, take you back to my childhood, my childhood experience left me with baggage, right? It left me with baggage where I had to overcome challenges related to self-esteem, challenges that were threatening what I considered was valuable to me, challenges of experience even, um, having taken on unfortunate circumstances, which are not unique to me overcoming childhood molestation, overcoming sexual assault. So when you have experiences like that peppered in, you get into this existence, right? 
whatever is going on, you kind of take that on. For me, I became an around the way girl, roughneck, urban environment. You know, that's 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 who I was, right? And my attitude was really steep and it was really mean. And it just was a time where every sign of crying out was there, but it was so unrecognized because no one took time to look beyond the pain that was being expressed other than just saying that's bad behavior, right? So the introduction of the book is really at the point where things turned around in my life and an opportunity opened up to give me a chance of a brand new world, just like the Disney Disney song, right? And so I started with all this baggage. I started with all this impact to me as a person. And when it came time for me to go to school, I just wasn't into it. It wasn't something that was deemed as a high priority in my household, meaning we went to school, but nobody said, do you have homework? Let me check your work. Did you do your work? Let me see your report card. Let me like none of those checks were in place. Like it was just in motion, something we were doing. And for me, I'm the youngest of three. My two older brothers didn't graduate high school. And so it just didn't seem like it was a high uh, value put on education. So I went sometimes, I didn't go sometimes, you know, like it just wasn't a main thing. Well, you know, thankfully my mom, she began to ask me the questions about like, what do you want to do after school? And she really didn't have clear line of sight that I wasn't even sure I was going to graduate from high school, let alone have something to do after school. And she was like, you know, are you going to go to school? And I'm just thinking to myself from a internal voice of I'm not good enough from an internal perspective of they'll never accept me from also knowing I'm half going to school now, you know, my grades are all jacked up. There's no, there's no way they're going to accept me into a university. And so she took it upon herself to complete all the applications and all the paperwork. And she, you know, Jatia, I can remember she would call me in the room and say, come sign here. And I would sign it and I would think you are wasting your time. Like they're never going to accept me. And fast forward to the moment that a letter came from Miami University and the Black Cultural Center was really spearheading a program where they were trying to open up the university doors to students from urban environments. And they had a program to bring us on, onboard us, invest in us, and try to help us be successful. And through that experience of my mom just being diligent to apply, the letter came, right? The letter arrived saying I was accepted and I was completely blown away because up until this point, when you have experiences that erode your thoughts about you, when you think that you're not good enough, when you have experiences that threaten 
your value and what you perceive of yourself and how you're viewed by others is less than, you just don't believe that something good is going to happen for you. You, you just don't, you know, you're in that whole hustle and flow kind of vibe and you're, you're just in a completely different mentality. So when that happened for me and that letter arrived, it was nothing more just than just complete shock, right? Because I was convinced that that door would be closed and nothing would ever come of it. And so I'm just so grateful of my mom's diligence, you know, and in the moment for her to just continue to show up and be there for me. And when I finally landed on that college campus, my whole life changed. The world was bigger than what I knew. Mm, That's one of the ones I highlighted. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones because you said my world got bigger the instant I arrived at Miami University. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if that's not true, but whew, um, you said so many great things. So the one thing that really stood out for me is that for many of us, for most people, life can beat you up to the point where you expect to continuously get beat up, right? But for believers, it's just that one thing to highlight that you were cherry plucked by God to be something bigger and greater. And that's just part of your testimony to say, for all intensive purposes, it should have been impossible for me to go to college. However, comma, look at me now, right? If I can, you can, you know, I always say there's the the movement because of them for a reason, right? And so I thought that that part of your story was very impactful. For me, I actually got into college because of a similar program too. And I always say my mom asked all the questions because she didn't uh, finish college. You know, she didn't do traditional sex, education after high school um and so she didn't know what she didn't know but she did everything she possibly could to help me and in an instance I feel like that was her being obedient to the whisper that she might not have even known and that's what I hear you know as you tell your story about your mother too it's just being obedient right and trying to figure it out even though they didn't have that roadmap either right and so just that small, like, I don't even want to say small, because it it seemed like a bunch of small little things that led to this big thing, right? But all of it was there to really highlight that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. And so that, that was, that was like, as I, like I told you, I was reading, and I was like, oh, I see me. Um, and I had to go, the, my program started two months before college started. And so that, you know, that means I had to go in the summertime. I had to leave my little boo. I was like, I'm not trying to, but it was the best thing that ever happened to my life. So the other, one of the other statements that you said was, I was so green when I arrived at campus. There was so much I didn't know. I didn't understand what college was. And I was like, 
exactly. Like, I was like, I'm going to college. How I get there? I know, like, taking the SAT at the last minute, but I, in my head, I'm going to college. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I got to take a test. What's this? You know, so I really, really, your book resonated with me in so many different ways. And then from there, you go into the different success. um, Let me pull it up again. I don't want to call it the wrong thing. Your, your success superpowers. Thank you. Cause I'm like, Uh where is it on my screen? It won't show up. Superpowers. And so if you could tell us more about those. Absolutely. So, you know, after I went through the experience of getting through school and it was a real like turnaround for me, like I said, it was a defining moment. I continue to have marks of success because there were certain things that I learned. There were certain things that resonated as principles that I learned. And I can't tell you that back in 19, mm, I ain't gonna say what year, <laughs> that I had these all figured out going into my future. But as I sit in this seat right now, looking back on the years past when I've been able to have so many achievements, these things rang out and they started back at that moment at Miami. So the first superpower is this. We have to see ourselves successful. We have to visit our destination long before our life ever does. We've got to visit our future on the canvas of our imagination. And it's much for the reason that you called out very specifically. It is the thing that fuels your belief, right? This is what sets the stage for you being able to identify what is possible for you. But we kind of short circuit it. We allow reality to kind of infuse itself in and kind of dim our perspective. We see it and then we begin to assess possibility and we shrink it as opposed to allowing it to remain as big, broad, and as overwhelming as it really is. What I had to discover to change that habit of shrinking the vision that I could see for myself is I realized I needed to leave it big enough to leave room for God. When we begin shrinking it down, that's when we start looking at it in terms of what we believe we are capable to do. But when we leave it big and broad and we really allow it to stretch, and when we reach the point like, I don't really know how it's gonna come together, Well, then you have introduced that capability that we talked about, which is power, right? And who is our power source? It is God. And so you left enough room for him. And so it begins by seeing yourself successful. What does that look like? And what I love about the success superpowers is they're transferable. They're reliable. You can put them on any situation. If you have an area of your life that you want to see renewed, refocused, or changed, dream a big dream about what the possibility of that could possibly be. And then make sure that you don't shrink it in terms of what you believe you can do. You leave it big to leave room for God. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. I love the way you put that because 
to leave room for him, right? Because we, as humans, we want to control everything. As a Capricorn, I try to control everything. And so <laughs> I've had to learn, that was a hard lesson to learn <clears throat> that I just need to turn it over. And in that lesson, I also learned that there is no misstep, right? Because I was always trying to make my next step my best step. But because I could see the vision at the end and that overwhelm that you talked about came from not seeing the trees, but just the forest. Right. And not knowing how you're going to get to the other side of that. Um, And so I was trying to like think of plan A to Z. I still do that before A even happens. Right. Just so that I can make my next step my best step. But I had to learn that even those quote unquote missteps were my lessons learned so that I could actually flourish and thrive when I got to the other side of the forest right because surviving was normalized for me right Mm -hmm. and so it was always that hustle and that grind and I got to get it and I got to figure out how I'm going and it was all reliant on me Mm -hmm. to make it happen and so when that moment happened for me that I realized this is not thriving this really isn't what life is supposed to be like. And when I relinquish that control, and as you put it, leave room for God, child, life got so much (laughs) easier. It wasn't easy, but it was easier, right? It was less stressful um, just to be able to say, okay, God, you gave me this vision. It is ginormous to me. I don't know how all of the pieces of the puzzle are gonna come together, but if I leave room, that I things started happening that I say were too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence opportunities and doors open and I literally just had literally once I was my contract was leaving I mean ending on my first job and I got an email that said we received your email I mean your resume and I was like I ain't started to apply for no job <laughs> the best job ever right and so um leaving room for God love that I love that and actually seeing yourself there you have to see it to achieve it and actually believe it um I can't believe that I mean I can't remember the actual scripture but um in Marshawn Evans journal she talks about how you have to believe it to activate the faith right you have to believe for the belief part is the main piece and being able to see it means that it is possible, even though it doesn't feel that way. And I'm like, that's where the word miracle stems from, right? It's it's something that doesn't seem possible. That's out of thin air that just happens. And so I love that you um, use that phrase in actually seeing yourself successful. Mm-hmm. Um and again, it just falls on the ABCs of clarity. You have to believe. You really have to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tell us about the next one, the success yes. power number two, because success fear power. can be debilitating. Yes. So success power number two is we have to leave excuse behind and be diligent despite any false evidence that appears real. And that is an acronym for fear. In a sentence, success power number two is shake off fear. So number one one would see yourself successful. Number two is shake off fear. 
And this is where the shrinking begins, right? Because we get the big vision and we are like, I don't know about that, right? Um, Whether it's fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment, there are so many different fears that begin to grip us in the moment of conceiving us actually doing that thing that we visualize. And so this is where you have to fight for the vision. This is where the scripture that God actually gave us is the most empowering. He did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us one of power and of sound mind, right? We have to fight for it. So how do you fight? You have to begin to remember who God said you are. You have to begin to remember that it is he who has given the vision. You have to begin to remember that it is he that has to give provision to source, to empower, you know, like everything rides on his shoulders and not on yours. We begin to fear, feel, fear, feel, God, I can't talk. We begin to feel fearful because we begin to assume it's on us right? When the fact is you have the best help possible when you are partnering with God to bring to pass what it is he has given you a divine desire to achieve. And so immediately you have to begin to prepare yourself to shake off fear. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to go through the rest of the journey. You're going to shrink and you're going to stop. You're going to stop the pursuit of what it is that he has given you a clear vision to accomplish. And so this is where you know, your morning time with your affirmations, your devotions, your time in the word. What are you feeding your ear gates? Who are you listening to? What are you scrolling? What are you consuming? All of those things become a factor because what you have that's so precious and delivered from God is something that is being done to try to impact the lives of others, which means the enemy don't want to see that come to pass. He doesn't want to see you accomplish that thing. He doesn't want to see you be successful. He he is actually okay with you getting a new car, you getting a new house, and you doing those materialistic things that he is about you impacting the lives of others. Mm -hmm. Because when you impact the lives of others, you impact people, families, households, communities, you impact so broadly. And that is why he's coming fast and furious after the vision that you have. And that's why you have to prepare yourself to shake off the fear so that you don't give up. Mm-hmm. So my business prayer is um, that together with my clients, we can have a rippling effect and create like this tsunami not just a wave, but a tsunami of impact and income, not just for ourselves, but for others, right? Um, Because it's that ripple. It just starts with one and then it continues on and it continues on and it grows massively, Um, but in a positive way, because like you said, it's, it's, it affects so many facets and, the devil doesn't want the world to be a better place. And it could be, and it's so sad how, you know, hate and all of the negative things 
they they grow like a virus and they just replicate so fast. But positivity and light can do the same thing. But so many of us get sucked in by the latter because we get distracted by the shiny things, the materialistic things, right? And we don't want to do the work. We want the shortcuts. We want the shortcuts because it's like, I want to hurry up and get there. Okay, I'll do that part later. And, and I, I know that's when a client's not ready for me um, because they're still ready to do the shortcuts. And I'm like, mm, you skipped a step. Well, I, I know that in my head, but I told you to write it down, mm-hmm. right? Um, write the vision, make it plain. And so that skipping the steps is because of fear too. It's like, I'm fearful that um, I can't make up the time that I've lost, or I'm fearful that um, it's really going to be real. Like you said, that fear of success, that fear of failure, and it, it really can go in waves. So like in one moment, you can be, have a fear of failure and you're out here killing it because you don't want to fail. And then something happens that unbeknownst to you, it's not as blatant, right? And all of a sudden it flips and you're procrastinating and you're self-sabotaging because it's this fear of success in a sense. And you're confused because you're like, but I've always been grinding and killing it out here. And so you don't do the work, which is success superpower number three. Number three, you know, one of the things I'll add to what you were talking about, because as you were talking, it became clear to me that one of the reasons why we want to shortcut is because it gets real. It gets real personal, right? See, God is looking to see what he can do through you, which means that you're going to have some development in this Mm -hmm. process too. He is just not looking for what you deliver with your hands. He is looking to see what he can do through you, which means he is going to grow you up. He is going to make you face some things that you have tried to keep hidden. He is going to make you bring to the surface what's underneath the pimple, right? What's underneath the blemish, what nobody knows about. What I call my blues, right? Because I just kept suppressing them, right? And I nurtured my blues on my own time, in the car by myself, in the shower by myself, in the room by myself. That's when I dealt with my blues, but the rest of it, I was willing to deliver with my hands. And that is why for a long time, I had a measure of success, but I was tethered because I wasn't dealing with the real stuff. And for God to begin to use me most effectively, I had to be willing to go on the journey, right? That he was looking to do through me to deliver the works of my hands, to get me to the predestined end, but it was something in there for me too. And that meant some work that I had to do on me. Ooh, that's so good. That is so good. And I tell people all the time, especially in the African-American culture, therapy has such a bad stigma. And it saved my life. Like it literally saved my life because I didn't know what depression really looked like Mm -hmm. to even know that that was a thing, that that's what I was going through. But depression was a aftermath of popping that pimple Mm -hmm. and having to deal. And as I say, look yourself in the mirror and deal with your own. And I call it, I try to always be clean, (laughs) Because I don't know who's going to listen to the podcast, but I'd be like, sit in your own shit. And mm-hmm. it stinks. But if you sit in it for so long, you, you get used to it. But you can literally turn that into fertilizer 
to grow such a beautiful garden Mm -hmm. if you allow yourself to sit in it and let it come up and deal with it um and 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 I did that through therapy right and so lean not on your own understanding because I tried to do it by myself for so long Mm -hmm. um and be like but then it's like that makes so much sense. You mean that's why I, <laughs> um, and so it just, it's a, it's a whole new world back to the Disney thing. Once you let it come up and out and you deal with it, cause you're so right. He really is dealing with us through us, mm-hmm. um, to make us better and prepare us, but we have to, we can't hide. Mm-hmm. You can't hide and be used. You can't hide and have clients. They can't find you if you're hiding. You can't make an impact if you're hiding, if you're not speaking on that stage. If you And so many times people stop hiding, but they still hide and wonder why what they're doing isn't converting into that impact and income. Because people may not know that you you faking, but they feel that you're faking. Mm-hmm. because you might be telling the truth but it's not the whole truth mm-hmm. and so it really does impede on the impact that you can have the income that you can have um and you really have to do the work with your hands but on yourself that is so good yeah and and you know it's interesting because I know the life of hiding in plain sight I know how to do that. I know how to do that real well. We all do. We even do it more exteriorly now than ever because we all walking around with masks on. Mm-hmm. It's just that you can see the mask now, but we've been wearing masks for a real long time. Yes. A real long time we have been wearing masks because we haven't been showing up authentically. And I think one of the things, regardless of who you are or what journey you're on, God is always looking to do something in you. Okay. So now we get to success power. Number three, it's pretty simple. It's do the work more than do the work on yourself. You got to get these hands busy. There are people who just want to be like bewitch and twinkle their nose like that old show. And then boom, it just happened. Yes. But it does not happen <laughs> that way. You have to be willing to go on the journey and you got, you got to save yourself from comparison because you see somebody's now, but they are on their journey. Bishop, uh, B- Bishop T.D. Jake says people oftentimes say, oh, I just want some of your anointing. If you heard his real story, you'd be like, goodness, I don't know if I really want to go through all that you have had to go through to get there, mm-hmm. right? What's true is that you're going to have to do work. So eliminate yourself from this idea, though God can, and he still does work these voila miracles. It is at his discretion as to when he is going to do that. In the meantime, Make sure he finds you busy doing what you were supposed to do to show yourself as qualifying for a miracle should he be looking for somebody to bless, okay? No different than any person in their right mind that has money to invest, time to invest, talent to invest, would put it in the hands of somebody who's doing nothing. Think about this. He has given us the parable of the talents in the scriptures. He said, I gave one five, I gave one two, I gave one one, right? And they all got back based on their ability to do something with what he gave them. He called the one with five, he called him a good servant. The one with two, he called him a good servant. He didn't compare their outcomes. 
He put them on a path to accomplish what he assigned for each of them to do individually, yet they got a good reward. But the one who had won refused to put themselves to work. And he said they was no good. That's what he called them, no good, which means he has an expectation of diligence on our part. So we got a responsibility to do the work. And that's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> there's so many thoughts that I have on that. But yes, that is so true. When you use the analogy of anybody who's investing their time and money, why would they invest in someone who's not doing the work? And, you know, as going into full-time entrepreneurship, the biggest fear um, was that, because you know, he's an on-time guy. Yes, he is, right? However, come, that ain't on our timeline. That is That was like my my biggest fear. And I had to have a come to Jesus moment, right? Because I was like, but Jatia, every single time he's come through and it's been better and greater than anything you can imagine. But I'm like, Lord, can you come through before the savings account dwindles away? Can you come through before? Because I've gotten used to this certain type of lifestyle, but I'm stepping out here. I'm going to need you to come through. And it's the fear that is not going to come through when I need, well, when I want, because he'll come through when I need. Um, So when you said that, I was like, "Mm -hmm, that's the show enough truth. Um, But at the end, if you're doing the work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I literally just opened um, my PayPal account the other day and I was like, where does money come from? <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. But um, but like you said, if you're doing the work, I absolutely love that. Um, and so the next one is a big one because a lot of times also for entrepreneurs, whether you're still at the nine to five or you're doing full-time entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. this one tends to go by the wayside Mm -hmm. because you're passionate one about what you're doing and you can do it all day, every day, if time allotted, right? I'll find myself up and I'm like, why does the clock say 3 a.m.? It was just 7 p.m. I'm like, Jatia, go to sleep, right? Um, And so the next morning, of course, I'm tired and I'm just like, okay, let's get coffee and breakfast and get the day started. But it got to the point where I was like, okay, if you don't start to take care of yourself, God going to set you down somewhere, not sit. He going to set you down and you're going to have to because your body is like, listen, Linda, we can't function like this continuously we something has to change so I was excited to see that success power number four was taking care of yourself absolutely and you're so right as high achieving women we have this go all in mentality and there's nothing wrong with the mentality it just needs perspective around it right um there's a couple of things that I love that you said early on I love that you say I believe in therapy I believe in therapy in Jesus too right? I believe in getting the right kind of coaches around you, the right kind of conversations Mm -hmm. happening so that you can decompress what is going on in your mind. When Mm -hmm. you don't have an outlet to decompress what's going on in your mind, you are pressure packing your 
most valuable asset, which is your brain. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing that a therapist does is they help you to process and get the bad things out, to bring perspective in, to help you refocus and recenter. They are not sitting you in the middle of a room, hypnotizing you or doing anything crazy unless that is what you subscribe to, okay? So they are just working on the health of your thoughts, your mind, your perspective. It is a very valid practice. And so I hope that we introduce that in. What I love to say, is that that taking care of you is more than manicures and pedicures. And I'm not talking against that. My nails are done, okay? I am not talking against that, but I am talking about developing practices and strategies in your life that are intentionally maintained so that you can keep yourself regulated. Now, some people work out very hard. Some people have a lighter schedule. What I want to know is how are you activating your body? How are you activating this gift? How are you keeping it moving? How are you keeping it strong? What are you putting into it? Do you even think about that? Do you even plan for that, right? All of these things are important because you are the worker, Okay, so we need you to be able to show up and do what you need to do so that the vision can come to pass. In addition to that, I also believe that taking care of you also includes your finances, it includes your lifestyle, it includes all things concerning you. Oftentimes, we wait until there is a breakdown. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever had your brakes replaced on the car, but it's a lot cheaper if you can go in regular enough and just get your pads changed. But if you wait too long and you got to go in and get them rotors, it gets astronomically expensive. Yes, (laughs) ma'am, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I've experienced that. (laughs) Right. So there is a benefit of maintenance. There is a benefit to keeping things maintained. But if we don't exercise the right kind of practices and strategies to maintain ourselves in much the same way, we maintain our hair, we maintain our nails, we maintain our car, we maintain our body, we have to take care of us with the same kind of diligence that we do when we are taking care of all of these other things. Now, I wanna say this one thing, because I'm a wife and I am a mom, and I know it is so easy to prioritize the demands that are put on you for those that you love and care for. So one of the one of the organizations that I have is called the First Wives Club, and I called it the First Wives Club because we often fade into the shadows. But first is an indication of making sure we still keep ourselves a priority. And so I am saying this to say that as you are trying to navigate and juggle all the lives that you care about so diligently, don't put yourself last put yourself first mm-hmm. so you just said so many things um one of the key things that i always tell people is to brain dump brain dump brain dump brain dump because your brain can only process so much and even when you don't think you're using it you call yourself sleep it's still processing mm-hmm. and so that's when you end up 
not um, fully rejuvenated when you wake up or get up. So I love how you placed it that uh, therapists are there to just help you with that. Um, I, my first therapist, she became more like a girlfriend. That's when I was like, okay, <laughs> I need somebody else. Right. But cause we literally was, it was just an unbiased person to listen because even your closest friends who love you dearly still have a preconceived concept of who you are from who you once were. Right. And may not see the evolution of you or truly understand. And so to have that person that is a professional that can truly process that stuff for you and help highlight things for you to unlearn some things that we've learned um, to help you course correct. So you really can navigate this journey that God's cherry plucked you to be on it's 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 so amazing it's so amazing so that's the first thing that um came to mind when you said that and then for the longest I didn't understand why they told you to put your mask on first on the plane I was like why would you do that save the kids you know they can't reach it and then I realized you don't really know how long you have oxygen left in the cabin so you really need to put your mask on first in order to be able to help anybody else and I always say you can't feed if you're not fed and so you have to feed yourself you have to have that energy because you're thinking oh I'm giving 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 and then you're really giving fumes you're not giving the best of yourself but then you want people to appreciate these fumes that you're giving them that's like saying here take these crumbs when I really could give you a full course meal if I took time to eat because then I have energy to make the meal and then we all could eat good, right? And so I just absolutely love that you put that across the gamut, not just your physical health, um, but your your finances, your your we're all multidimensional. We're not this one-dimensional thing. Everything affects the other. And my public health background, I'm always telling people if you do preventive measures. You save money. So like your brakes, it hurt my heart the first time I had to play for, for rotors. I was like, seriously, why? Just on two tires? But, <laughs> but it's just the same thing with your health. You know, people are like, oh, healthy food is so expensive. That is a fact. It's wrong. But at the end of the day, you're saving so much money from your medical bills. If you put in the healthy stuff now, you don't have to go and be reactive and get someone and try to help fix it because it's expensive. Um, so yes, to take care of all, same thing with your finances. If you open the bills, you don't get the late fees. So you, you really do have to do the preventive measures holistically, you know, inside and out to save time and money. So I absolutely, absolutely love that one. <clears throat> so next is a Number five, hold fast to your faith because we can get weary, weak, and worn on yeah, this life right. journey. Yes, that is so true. And, you know, it's number five, not because it's least important. It's number five because it's most important. It is the foundation. I will tell you, um, there is nothing that has changed my life like discovering the love of Jesus. And that's just my belief. You know, I know people have their own. And once I was able to tap into that redeeming power, right, it is truly a power source 
that never runs out. And so as I am going through life, as I am working to accomplish, as I am trying to shake out fear, and as I am trying to balance it all, there is one thing that is constant, all of that, always available, and never runs out. And that is the power of God. So hold fast to your faith becomes the thing that keeps you committed, focused, available. It keeps you hopeful, right? Because we're always going to face days of contradiction, especially how big that vision is, right? You're telling me I'm this great, but I feel this small, right? You're, You're facing all of those different days of contradiction, but you have to go back to the point of knowing the God you serve and what he has blessed you to be able to access any and every time that you need it. He is your source. So holding fast to your faith means that it's something that you have to bring into priority perspective all of the time. When you slip into thinking it's all on you, you have to remind yourself that it is not. When you slip into thinking this is something you wanted to do, you have to remind yourself it was a God-given dream, a God-given vision, a God-given appetite, a God-given gift. It came from him. When you remind yourself of that, then you are now putting the onus for it on who it should be on, right? You talked about opening them bills. When they come for my kids, I don't open them bills. That's their bills, right? So when I leave the ownership on God, that I can make sure that the onus for what he has called me to do and accomplish stays right focused with who it came from. And I can know that he is the one that is going to empower me through this experience to do what I need to do. The beauty is his word is packed with so many promises to help us in each and every situation we face. You can only lay claim to a promise you know about now. If you don't know you got rental car coverage on your car policy, then you may be paying for a rental car when something happened to your car and you ain't supposed to because you got rental car coverage, right? So if you don't know the details of your policy, you may be finding yourself doing something that you don't need to do. So that puts pressure on us to understand the promises that we do have in the word and how to lay hold to them. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. Great analogy. Um, mm, that was good. That was so good. But yes, you know, I, I used to always say, um, and it's easier said than done. If he gives you the vision, he'll give you provision, Right. Um, Erica Davenport from P2P, she said um, on her interview, she was like, God got to uh, rep his name and make sure his name is good in these streets. So why am I stressing? And I was like, "That yes, gang, gang. Like who, why didn't I think? <laughs> because it's easy to say, if he gives you the vision, he'll give you provision. But when you look at it in the standpoint that he has to make sure that his name is going to be good, like it 
in a sense, it has to, I don't want to say work out for you, but his plan has to follow through. Mm -hmm. Um, As the young kids say, I had to see it through, my dude, Um, because that's the testimony he needs from you for somebody else. And it's a piece of the puzzle to make the whole portrait come together. So he needs you to follow through so he can use that testimony to fuel someone else. Um, And so even though during those times of bleakness, you have to hold steadfast to that and just know that, you know, he's he's gonna come through. Um, so that's that's one thing. And then the other thing I really wanted to tap on was because you you stress, you know, that's my belief. And um, I'm always respectful of other denominations because um, I have friends of all denominations. And so I know going into college, like you said, it made your world bigger. We've had plenty of late nights where I just need to understand. I was like, what, what's the difference between Seventh Day Adventist again? Like, and we would have these conversations. Um, and I have friends that are Muslim and da-da-da. And so the one thing that the common thing that we have is that we all believe in a higher power. Everybody that's not atheist believes in a God. Mm-hmm. You may call them different things, but it's still the same at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the same stance still applies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the one thing that I always say when I have clients that are like, I only want to work with Christians. And I'm like, is it Christians or is it faith-based? Mm-hmm. Do you want them to believe in a higher power? Or is it specifically Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to give the example of some past clients because you could be missing out. I've learned so much and been blessed by so many that weren't just Christian, mm-hmm. but they believed in that higher power and they stood fast and held on to their faith. So mm-hmm. I, I love that you said that that's not the least important. It's the most important because that last thing that we hear is the one thing that we always remember, mm-hmm. especially in a telephone number. We may forget the beginning, <laughs> but we're going to remember the last, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one other thing that you said that I was like, oh, when you were talking about this is a little bit back, but I think it still stands true. Um what you digest right from what you hear you eat and the biggest thing is social media because this is the the platform where we show up and so I've had friends that are like I don't do social media I just can't and and I'm like it's not just reality tv all day unless you choose to highlight those things on your feed my feed is full of faith inspiration motivation um how to people who've done it. And I'm trying to learn HGTV just because I'm obsessed. Um, And it fuels me as I scroll. And those things that don't, I I remove myself from them because I spend so much time there, whether I go to post something and then I find myself 30 minutes later because I started scrolling for getting the post and then going back. And so just knowing that that faith piece I really stress should be part of what you digest from social media. There's so many good ones out there. I used to say I wasn't a a Sarah Jakes Roberts. I don't want to say fan, but I wasn't a fan, right? It's not that I didn't like her. It just wasn't that she wasn't my Mm go-to. I got to social media and those clips that she, I was like, girl, yes. 
And so I became a fan. Like I absolutely, she fuels my soul um, because she's so real and raw and uncut. And, and that's what I appreciate about her and what she brings to the faith community. Um, and so I wanted to definitely make sure I touched on that um, because you said that a while back. And I was like, there is one more thing, but I absolutely, absolutely love your success superpowers. I absolutely love what I read in the book. Like I told you before, I, I see me in your book. Mm-hmm. So I know so many others will as well. Um, and it's a great reminder. And I'm, I don't want us to give it all away because you have more in there. I want them to actually go and buy the book because it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that you didn't go in to talk about, about where do you start? Because it's the application piece mm-hmm. that that was the, a big component for me um and so it, it you can have all of the tools you can have all of the knowledge but if you don't apply the things it doesn't work and and you need that to really fuel fuel it and get to the other side of the forest is what I'm really trying to say and so um once they have the super superpowers they can actually embrace it and do the doing and so I'm so excited that you've been obedient and let this come through you um, so that others can know how and actually go and do the thing as well and so um, I don't want to take up any more of your time but I do want to say do you have any anything else that you would like to give the people out there in virtual land you know um I just hope that people will be encouraged to just lift their voice, shine their light, um, simply because there are so many people who are waiting to hear. And what I really love about your story about Sarah Jakes is you discovered something that began to edify you because she lifted her voice, right? She lifted her voice and you discovered that. There are probably points on her journey where she didn't see that she was going to get to where she is right now, being the light that she is for so many, you know, across the world. We have to begin our journey right where we are. We have to begin to bloom right where we're planted because there are so many people who are still waiting to hear someone's voice that sounds like you. And we somehow have to get out of our heads, get out of the starting blocks and begin to execute so that we can reach those God are, that he's desiring for their lives to be changed, for their families to be impacted, for their households to be, you know, impacted, for their community to be impacted. But when we get caught up on fear and we get caught up not wanting to do the work and we get caught up on shrinking, we are prolonging the ability to serve effectively. And that is really what Embrace Your Power and Go is all about, is how to simply get started and move. I love it. I love it. I do. I do. So before we really close out, I have a few questions that I always ask everyone. 
-hmm. No right or wrong answer. Um, But I just want to get your take on it. And so um, what is something that you've had to accept about your past, present, and or future to free you to reach the heights in business that you've gotten to? You know, I thought long and hard about the question. And where I settled is that I just had to really accept that I'm good. Um, When you have baggage, you feel like you are unworthy. You feel like you don't qualify. You can make a million and one excuses about how you're not good enough. But I had to get to the point that I believed God when he said he created me and he made me good. And that was the starting point of being able to uproot all of the lies that I told myself in my own voice. And the reason why it was impactful to say that those lies were in my own voice, because that made them sound even more truer coming from me, right? And so the thing that has been most impactful was me accepting that I am good. And that is an effort that I work on each and every day because my my baggage is so steep, right? So I got to keep plowing against that. But once I got that, things changed. Mm-hmm. I love that you said in your own voice because that's what we hear the most, even when our mouths aren't moving. And so, yeah, and those whispers of doubt are really loud, even though nobody else hears them. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that is really good. Mm-hmm. And so- Um, this one, I feel like we've already kind of touched on just talking about the book, but what's one thing you must believe to achieve? That is possible for you. Mm -hmm. Once you really believe in the possibility of it being possible for you, you'll stop making excuses and you'll become more diligent. So the one thing that you must believe to achieve is that it is possible for you. I love that. Um, What's one belief you had to unlearn in order to achieve success? Um, The one that quickly came to mind for me is what happened to me did not ruin me. Mm. Um, It quickly came to mind because for so long, it was all part of my blues, right? Mm. And discovering that what happened to me did not ruin me, set me free because you become bound to experience Mm -hmm. and definition that comes from it and you feel damaged, Mm -hmm. um, unworthy. But when you really lock lock on to it didn't ruin you, there's a sense of freedom that comes from that. Amen on that one. So what's one belief that you have that you want to truly instill in, in your clients, in your first wives club, like every, cause your hand is in a lot. So in any aspect that you touch, what's one belief that you want to instill in those individuals? Um, so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking it definitely from a client's perspective, cause I really, 
I'm a believer in lifting voices because I don't know who's waiting to hear who. I just want your answer to get to you, right? I I don't want to leave you in a holding pattern. So if I'm working with somebody that's that you waiting on, I'm trying to get them to lift their voice mm-hmm. as quickly as they as as they can, regardless of how they're trying to serve. But if I had to leave something with everyone that I touch, um. I do a lot on social media, I share a lot of perspective, is that you you gotta be willing to take the journey. You gotta be willing to do the me work, okay? One of the things that I say often, I say it in the context of relationship, but when I say relationship, it's all relationships, is that you have to be willing to grow personally in order to soar relationally, right? And our relationships are, not only those we are married to or have commitments with, but they are our relationships as a daughter, our relationships as an aunt, our relationship as a sister, our relationship as a friend. When you take that personal journey, when you grow personally, it allows for you to clear out the airways so that you can show up authentically in those relationships it allows you the opportunity to truly give and receive love in a way that you never experienced before because you don't have no stuff in the line, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing that I would say to anyone is that you got to be willing to grow personally in order to soar relationally. That's really good. That's really good. So how has embracing all aspects of you contributed to your success or equipped you to do what you do Um, because like we talked about earlier you know all of us are multifaceted you know we're multi-dimensional we're not so how has embracing which is you know everything we've talked about today embracing gotten you to this level so the biggest thing for me is locking into the power that you talked about right And I love that people have the opportunity to experience that power in a way that's meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that it fuels them, right? Mm -hmm. That they can tap into it when they need to tap into it. Um, What I have found is when I do things within my own strength, they only go so far. But when I am able to truly tap into the power that I rely upon, then I show up in ways that are beyond me. I impact in ways that are beyond me. And so I would say that the biggest thing that has contributed to the success was my ability to realize it wasn't about me. I didn't represent myself. I was here to be a help to others and I needed to get out of my own way so that the light within me could shine. Mm-hmm. that's a whole word in itself it really because we stand in our own way so many times and even in, during those times when we want to move it's not even like your feet are in quicksand you're in cement and it's just like I there's so many times I tell myself because like you said it's an everyday journey I'm like Jatia get it together Okay, we got stuff to do, ma'am. We got stuff to do. And 
just moving out of my own way. And I've had to pray so much, Lord, remove whatever this is. Because sometimes we can't even identify what it is, right? Remove whatever this is, it's causing me to, to not, because <laughs> fill in the blank, not whatever. Um, and, and allow me to do what I desire to do and do it for you and in your way and in your will. Um, because yeah, that that's a whole entire word. So I love that. So last but not least, Mm-hmm. Any shout outs, who's in your squad, um, in your network, in your community, who you've connected with and want to let the world know how great they are? It's always difficult to name names. So I'm going to skirt around all uh-huh. that. Okay. <laughs> so I have to, I, I have to just say, you know, my day ones, you know, I, I, I don't want to name any names because I'm going to forget somebody and they're going to be like, I heard you on Jatia podcast and you didn't say my name. So my day ones, my clients and those I serve, everybody is a factor for me um, because it keeps me energized to keep showing up. Right. It, it, it's not easy in these streets. Right. It's not easy to just be open and authentic and transparent and give people perspective about your life and your world. And so I do it because it's helping. And I know that it's helping. I also have to give a big thanks to my mom, you know, um, for her stepping in when she did. Um, I dedicated the book to her. And um, that was very special to me. Um, It's been a difficult journey over the last year dealing with everything that I had to as it relates to her. And so I just have to honor her with that. And then, of course, my husband, my two girls. So I was able to dance a little on that when I hope that's okay. It was a perfect answer. It was a perfect, perfect answer. I was like, I might need to use that from now on because you're right. I'm like, I always forget somebody. Um, But yes, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for being you, showing up as you and sharing you with the world. I'm super excited about your book coming out. Um, And please let us know when and where and how. I'll put it in the show notes, how they can get it. Um, And thank you for your time, because I know that's a resource that you can't get more of or uh, get it back. So I truly appreciate you. And I'm super, super excited to uh, get the world to know about your book, because like I said, I absolutely love it. Thank you for having me. This meant a whole, whole lot to me. Are you ready to embrace your power and go? This episode was so good. Don't wait. Don't pause. Don't hesitate. Go out and get Denise's book as soon as it comes out so that you can truly, truly, truly take over 2022 and embrace yourself and go. And with that, have a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous Monday. And I'll see you back here same time, same place next week.